Well, welcome everybody for a wonderful conversation that I get to have with a dear friend and colleague, Richard Burdick. And we're gonna just come together to share with you how we are looking for God in all the right places. Richard, thank you so much for being willing to have this conversation with me. No, it's my pleasure to be here. I always love connecting with you and finding a place of, of peace and harmony between our hearts. Absolutely. And, and let me just share a little bit about how I know you. And Richard is the, the minister um, of the Unity Church that I attend in my hometown in, in the Marietta, uh, Georgia area, Atlanta area. So I've had the, the pleasure and the privilege of attending services that you've been leading for many, many years. I can't remember how many years you've been the minister there. Is it about eight? eight years? Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've had the, the pleasure of eight years of you teaching before that you were the music minister. So I've had the pleasure of listening to your music because that's obviously one of your, your gifts, many gifts, but it's my happy place, <laughs> but something that you have done so, so well, in in my opinion, and this is when I put my lens on as, as a coach now for 14 years is you have consistently been speaking and sharing not only your personal experience, but teaching ways for people to come to discover our connection with God, our, our ability to realize that we live in a beautiful, loving, benevolent universe and we're powerful. Um, so I just wanted to have a conversation with you. How do you connect with God? What does God mean to you? Let's talk about that because the sure. way the world is today, here we are in the middle of May 2020, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a rocky world out there, but you and I have a grounded, peaceful place inside. How, do you, how did you discover God and what, what does God mean to you? Well, first of all, uh, I'll thank you for the observation of me and your, your opinion of, of, of feeling connection and, and groundedness. Uh, namaste, I, I behold that in you as well. I think that uh, language-wise, the first thing that comes to mind is the context of a connection with God or a relationship with God. And I would say it's a relationship with ourselves because God is expressing at the point of, of all creation, and there cannot be a place of separation. So it's sometimes the word connection uh, constitutes that there could be a disconnect. And the yeah. only place there can ever be a disconnect from that essence of God is in my own consciousness and my own mind. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we can't be separate from that which we are. And that yeah. sounds like blasphemy at times, but it, it is the truth. It, unity teaches there is only one power and one presence and one goodness. And if that's true, our second unity principle is it's, a, it's expressing right here in this yeah. moment. Yeah, and that, that was something that was so difficult for me to understand, having grown up um, Christian, Catholic specifically, and, and I do this because to me, th those labels um, I've come to realize create more separation than they actually do uh, unification. But growing up with God being on a cloud somewhere and like Santa Claus deciding that I was naughty or nice never allowed me to have a relationship with God. I saw God as other and potentially the one who would keep me um, from experiencing my goodness, my joy, my happiness. So it, it, it was, this journey was like, I had to leave the God of the church to come to discover the God that you're talking about. And it was right inside of me. 
Um, years and years and years of training. Uh, I try to understand this earthly existence and why things happen, good, bad, and otherwise. Mankind has uh, attempted to put down into theology and religion and doctrine to concepts and ideas to help us understand, and, and they have been a, an essential part of the journey. So I grew up Methodist. Um, my Methodist background is a part of the foundation, although I don't agree with all the tenets today. It brought me to the awareness uh, of Jesus and what he truly meant uh, when he talked about the Father and I being one. Yeah. And then he also said, follow me that it was my job to follow him. And the Methodist Church helped me by, by making him the exception for a long time and to honor and to worship his consciousness. And, mm -hmm. and then you, I eventually transcended that to realize that I needed to take on his consciousness. I needed to have the same thoughts and ideas and feelings. He was fully a human, but he was also fully divine and he had an awareness of that divinity. And so my journey has helped me to come to the same conclusion that the Father and I are one, the infinite mm -hmm. creator of love and, and, and magic and mystery and beauty is, cannot be anywhere but right where I'm at. And when I shift my consciousness, I have that awareness not only here but everywhere because the truth for me is the truth for all creation. Yeah, and that, you know, you, you just said it so beautifully, so succinctly. And when I started this spiritual journey, and for me, it was, it was just, I, I was, my mom had passed away and I was in deep, uh, not only in grief, but I was in fear because I had been taught of death becomes a place where um, I, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm going to go to hell. So I, I had this incredible fear and I began to, to say in my own mind, oh my gosh, I don't want to die because I am afraid of dying. And I began to hear this soothing you know, voice. And for me, it, it came in the form of the consciousness of Jesus. You know, this, that's when I began to realize, oh my gosh, this God source spirit, this loving essence, it's inside of me because it's talking to me. There's another voice that I'm hearing. There's another, and it wasn't so much a voice as it was a knowingness. There was this intuitive knowingness arising in me saying there is no punishment. There is no hell. There is, there's don't fear that. But that went against what was in my head, in my mind. And I had to, to take those two opposing things. There is no hell and there is a hell. And work through that until I was able to really listen to the teachings of Jesus. And I began to open the Bible and go back to the things that I had been, been taught. And I came to the same thing that you just said. Jesus was saying, I and the Father are one. That led me to Course in Miracles, which says, I and the Father are one. And so are you because we are all one. We cannot not be one because we're all made of the same energy. When you, when did you realize that that was your, your truth, your line in the sand moment? Because for me, it happened in 2007. I think, it, you, you know, I'd love to say there, there was this great revelation and this great epiphany where suddenly everything was different and I had the light bulb moment and it went off. M my life has been much more of a gradual growing into a new conscious, uh, consciousness and awareness. And, and as you're speaking, it's, the world has defined itself by physical matter, by what mm -hmm. we can see, feel, touch, the five sensory world. And that's all just a, a movie that's changing all the time. 
And so it's been a gradual process to understand that uh, in physicality, there are things that seem and feel very separate, but it's never, I wasn't created at the third dimensional reality of the seventh dimension as a spirit. And it's been process and by process, failing by failing, moment of suffering by moment of suffering, moment of, of epiphany and revelation after another, yeah. where it's just the old, the old paradigm doesn't, doesn't work anymore. So it really isn't a moment in time. It has been a gradual process of being around people who opened up a corner of my mind and my own willingness to open up a corner of my mind that maybe what I have believed isn't necessarily the truth. Yeah, for me, it was definitely a, a moment. It's like when I had that encounter in August 2007, and of course, it always makes me, it's so, so beautiful. It just touches the pure essence of love inside of me. It comes um, through the emotions. And it does. It is. It makes you want to cry because it's it so beautiful. And so rich. But when I had that moment and, you know, it happens like that. I know for many people that way and for other people is, is that gradual process that you speak of. So it's beautiful. We're all met however we're met. But when I had that moment and everything, it's like all, all that God is, is revealed the and you know the veil is totally lifted and you know you're one with that but then came the egoic mind the mental construct all, all the 3d the world is real kind of um information reassembled and then since then it's been 13 years of doing exactly what you're saying. Another moment of epiphany, another moment of questioning my beliefs, another moment of peering through the veil. So I just had the, the, the beautiful experience of I know truth. So I, I know what truth is. And for me, it's, it's summed so simply and Jesus taught it. I am one with a father. So when I love God, I cannot help but love my neighbor as myself, love everything as myself. And that's what you were talking about. Um, how are you loving everything you see around you right now in the age of coronavirus? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, a really good question because we're really easy for that egoic mind to, to go to the place of blame. Yeah. Of, of accusation of of duality and making somebody wrong or somebody bad, and really what it boils down to is a, is a basic unity principle. My my devotion to the practice of constantly returning home, going mm -hmm. to headquarters, remembering the truth, so that then I have the eyes that are underneath the eyes and the ears that are underneath the ears. Humanly, I'm going to have moments where I feel uh, in a very human way that there is a sense of duality. My job is to always return home, a regular practice of meditation, silence, stillness, prayer, remembering, whatever it takes so that when I am in a confrontation or I am in a difficulty or I notice something about my reaction or my judgment of the world is I have a bank account to go to. Go to. I'm pulling from a bank account of deep spiritual truth that, I, that gives me the patience necessary with myself, with the circumstance, and gives me the love that is necessary. Um, the bank account of love that I have has given me a, an eyesight to see beyond behaviors, my own and those of others, to see beyond circumstances um, and what might be labeled difficulty from one level of mind at a deeper level is, is the perfect outpicturing of life evolving, life becoming. 
And uh, I would love to say it's easy, and it, get, it does get easier. <laughs> but uh, if you're on a growing path, every moment brings a new opportunity to become more of that love that you are and to be able to see at a deeper level the love of whatever behavior is in front of you. Yeah, I love that you're saying that. It, it does get easier. When I had that encounter um, and I, I had that knowingness, I, I really asked God one question and I said, God, how am I going to know when I'm, when I'm totally, completely living in that space of, of truth? How, how will I know that in the world? It's like, give me a sign. And what I was told was your life will be fun and easy. And I was like, I have three children at home. I have a full-time job, you know, <laughs> well, that's, that's not possible. <laughs> and what, what was so clear is that the journey to get to that fun and ease would happen through the commitment of, as you're saying, to question everything that I believe just because I think a thought and it's in my head doesn't mean it's true. I don't have to believe what's in my head, which was an epiphany in and of itself. What? Sure. I don't have to believe my own thoughts. <laughs> and it, it was, it was, if you follow this path of returning, like you said, returning back inside, you will be given the right information, the right guidance, the right intuitive knowing to know where to go, which is what makes the path easier because you don't have to figure it out. The inspiration, the motivation just inspires. It's like inspired actions. And the fun is because you enjoy like a little child in the sense of wonder, because if you don't believe your thoughts, I know when I don't believe my thoughts, I am curious. And I am like, a I swear I'm like a little kid, like, well, tell me more about that. So when well, Jesus told us, we must become like a child to enter the kingdom <laughs> of heaven. That means a degree of humility, yeah. a, a vulnerability, flexibility to be open to maybe everything I believed isn't true. And it is a wonderful playground to be in. It feels, it feels better than to be right. Life is, as I, I said recently, life is a circle, not a square. And, and so many people are rushing to create a square because it has sides, your side and my side, your truth, my truth, and my truth can beat your truth up. And the reality is in a circle, we are exchanging information, which means yeah. we're on an evolving path. And that circle is more a spiral that's going to higher dimensions. And so as I grow, everybody around me has the potential to grow as well. And it is an exciting place, but I, I've got to be teachable. I have to be open. Yeah. Everything I believed yesterday may have just been a stepping stone to today's understanding of God and love. Yeah. How, how, how did you get to that, to that place of humbleness? Because I know I was very self-righteous before this journey. And I, I was one of those people. I was going to defend my truth to the death. You and too. it was going to be your death, not mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I, I am really grateful. I've, I've developed a consciousness where I'm really grateful for the moments of failure in my life, the <laughs> moments of falling down, the yeah. moments of mistake, the moments where I was brought to my knees to, and humbled by life, where um, a bit of egg on my face. I used to curse those moments, and now I welcome them. I welcome being in a dialogue with somebody and somebody opening up that corner of my mind that, Wow, I never thought of it that way. A, a new part of my Christ being has now emerged, uh, and I, but I have to be teachable. I have to be open. Transformation will never have happen in an environment where I am not. I am not receptive to learning and to growing and to being humble and vulnerable. Yeah, because I realized I never have a haz when I'm just thinking my own thoughts. 
I only have ahas when somebody says something other than what I already know. And those aha moments are just so fun because they, 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 it's like it sparks this, um, this connection inside that, that I didn't have before. And, um, but oh yeah, the egg on the face. Uh, for me that happened. Oh my God, was it brutal for me that happened in, in a really rough way, rough for me. It, this may not sound rough for anybody else, but, um, you know, I was married to Ken and when our relationship started, he used to come to my, he came to a class of mine. And when he came to a class, um, we immediately had this connection. We started dating right away, but he came to my class and then he came to my workshops that I taught mm. and he assisted for about two, three years, the first two, two and a half years of our relationship. He was learning so many things from me. He was learning about, you know, the work that needs to be done on the inside. He watched me coach and, and support people in the workshops. So it was really interesting because he had learned from me for all those years, you know, you, you memorize what your teacher's saying, just as I've memorized many things you've taught. I memorize what I learned in, in A Course in Miracles or in the Bhagavad Gita. So I can quote those things. So here we are having um, places of disagreement and he is telling me the things that I have been teaching him. And I'm like, well, you can't be telling me <laughs> this stuff when I'm telling you something, you know, I'm contradicting my own self here. You can't be contradicting me while I'm contradicting you with my own words. So it became a major moment of, I felt so humiliated that here I am teaching <laughs> about love and compassion and oneness. And I am, somebody's using my words to remind me um, and I'm getting offended because I'm being taught what I teach and it was, I really, I struggled with that. It took me, I'm going to say it had to have been a good year, if not a year and a half, where I was doubting myself as a teacher. I was embarrassed that I wasn't walking my talk. I, I would tell some of my clients at the time that, you know, I'm teaching you something, but I'm, I'm struggling with this here because I'm feeling like a fraud right now. I, I, hmm. it was just made very clear that I wasn't walking my talk, but I can still teach this because I knew it was true. I felt it. And then I realized knowing it in my head, but walking the talk and having it in my heart and then teaching through example, not through my words. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that humiliation was a process of like pummeling my egoic know-it-all mind and and it was actually opening my heart. It made me softer, gentler. It humbled me. And still, that process is still happening. I, I, for me, I feel the humbling is, is an opportunity I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And I like it because it's, it's such a, it's, it's, it really is the most delicious reset for me. It's like, can I well, come into that place? If you're on an evolving path, you know, you're, forever evolving if there isn't a destination okay now i don't I've, I've learned it all now i've quit growing it is constantly moving and i as you said you know you want to be have the greatest teachers have children because they will spit back <laughs> in your face exactly what you are teaching them and you ha have to be humble enough to to hear the words of the children but I, I i have a basic belief system that we 
by right of our conscious, uh, aware or not, we are hiring all the people to show up in our life to help us grow. If we are espousing the desire to become, the desire to become more of who we are and to grow, we're going to magnetize to ourselves all the people necessary to put in front of our face that which is our growing edge. And uh, they'll, they'll put you on, the kids will put you on the edge, relationships will put you on the edge, and we can curse and push them away. But we've brought these people into our field and into our environment. And that's where I have to be vulnerable enough to go, hmm, there, there, there's an edge for me. And if I yeah. like to I like jokingly say, if we're not living life on the edge, we're taking up too much space. <laughs> and uh, it, it's a good place to be. It's not necessarily always comfortable. But the no. evolving path is not always about comfort, and very rarely. I, I'm grateful for those moments that are I was made uncomfortable by a relationship because somebody called me out, and I was the producer and the director, and they just happened to be the actor that called my soul to a higher expression. Yeah, and that's so beautifully stated because, yes, I too am of the, the for me, the, the truth is, all of it being consciousness, all of it being energy. It's all, it, it's so amazing because it, in that moment, in that encounter with God, what I was shown was that I create my reality because just as God desired to have Lina in its, in its experience, Lina desires to have, you know, my children, you in my experience. So everything that, I, that is happening is because there's a desire to have that experience and something the course of miracles taught me is that but that is reflecting back to me what i believe i deserve what i believe you know who i believe i'm showing up as how are you because you and i have the same awareness that you know the same belief that there's nothing that's happening that is random and not by invitation at some level um conscious uh creation resonance whatever you want to call it like attracts like whatever you want to call it um, how, how are you reconciling coronavirus? How are you reconciling, you know, deceptions and truths and, you know, this group and that group and mm-hmm. all of it? How are you reconciling conspiracy theories and, and vanishing things that you thought were true and they're gone? How do you look at all of that and see that it's, it's what you brought into your consciousness? Uh, yeah, well, there, you know, it's, a lot of opinions out there right now mm-hmm. and, and a lot of facts you can find facts to back up any premise you have right now yeah. and at the end of the day the only the only truth that matters is the one that i wake up with in the morning what is my decision today and i know of course in miracles says this and it's been one of my mantras let every voice but but god's be still in me today so yes i'm going to take in the information i'm in the world i'm having a human experience and that's good information to get once I've got all the information and disseminated it, I may not know. Now I go to headquarters. Let every voice but God's, not a politician, not even a doctor, but every mm-hmm. voice but God's be still in me. And uh, it has been a method by which my decisions are based only on that voice that has yeah. gathered the information into the basket. And sometimes my truth is different than what anybody's saying. And I live my life from that standpoint, knowing that spiritually it is sound and it is right for me. It may not be right for somebody else. Yeah. So when it comes to quarantine, what am I doing to keep myself safe based upon what, what the presence of the light, the love that is God has spoken to me? And, you know, maybe, maybe somebody will think that's foolish. Maybe somebody think I'm, I'm naive. 
I don't, doesn't really matter what they think of me yeah. because at the end of the day, when I go to sleep, I lived in integrity with the calling of my heart and my spirit and my truth. And uh, sure, it, it, it sometimes feels funny when you're having people accusing you of being dumb or stupid or naive or, or uh, even afraid. I put a mask on. Oh, you're being afraid. No, I'm not living in fear. I'm living in integrity with the God of my being. And that's yeah. okay. And I will honor you for following your God of, your, of your understanding and making the decisions that work for you. Because if it's true for me, it has to be true for everybody. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That that's one of those those wonderful realizations is that when when I know that inside of me is is my truth, I do know that it's inside of everybody else's and they have their their access to the truth. Not that my truth is their truth, but that it is true that all of us have access to that inner truth. Um, and that to me is, is, is so liberating and so wonderful because it helped me realize that I don't need to know anything, but I know the one that knows everything. So I have access to that all knowingness that is my, it, that, that's my, my uh, home base. And as I'm watching all of the things that are happening, I love that I remember that I am consciousness and that, that allows me energy that allows me because I learned this a long time ago when my, when my son um, was going through his drug journey, I lost my fear of death. Once it came, it became very evident many times that he was going to overdose. And I had that, that stillness that ex all voices were quiet, except for the voice of God, letting me know it's okay. There is no such thing as, as death being final. There is a, you know, this physical vessel will have its, its ending because we choose to have incarnations, to have different experiences, but the, the truth of who we are is eternal. So your, who you know as your son, the essence of him will never die, but his body may, may leave. And that's okay because it's by his choice. And when I came to that peace with death, I began to realize, oh my gosh, if my mind is clear that what we are is eternal and I have no fear of death, I have no fear of illness. I have no fear that anything can affect me. If anything is, if I'm going to experience something, I'm already clear that it was by invitation. So I'm going to love it. I get the virus. I'm going to love it. How do I love me with, you know, with the virus? Well, you know, in, in of itself, what you're talking about is a revelation. It, it is the, the movement from defining myself by what I have, what I do, what do I experience. That's all just made up. I have a body. I am not a body. Mm -hmm. I, I may have a, a virus. I am not the virus because mm -hmm. I am an eternal truth that is constant, that is forever, that is untouched by any of this human experience. But boy, is that a hard difficult journey, but I believe this is following the example of the Christ who showed us he's not defined by the crucifixions of the world, by the, the betrayals of the world, by the denials of the world, or the pains, or the attacks. Not defined by any of that, which has allowed him to come him to come to the place. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. I, I, he transcended it, and my job is to transcend virus, to transcend politics, to transcend opinions, with the realization that my truth is not better than your truth. That my way to peace is not better. Uh, we laughed on Sunday when there are people walking around the world that said, my, my peace can beat up your peace. That's like what Stephen Wright said, I, I would kill for a Nobel Peace Prize. And the reality is that we're still anchored in the ego. 
My truth yeah. is my truth. It's not better or worse than anybody else's. And I am not any of this. I'm so yeah. much more. That's that's a journey that not only is from here to here, it is a journey that is a lifetime. And I believe it's why we're on earth to learn that yeah. journey. Yeah, not and not I would say not just a lifetime, but lifetimes. Because yeah, if exactly. we're here, you know, lifetime after lifetime, and, and again the the peace of knowing that I chose to be here. It has just given me that ability to, to recognize the distinction between somebody who, who understands this truth and lives by this truth and those who don't. Because what you were saying, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Let everybody do whatever it is that they are being led to be doing. Gives so much freedom over here from trying to control the world. Because I used to be a master at controlling everybody. I used to know what was best for everybody. And and if they weren't doing it right, I, I knew how to fix them, by gosh. <laughs> um, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's, you know, that, that's a beautiful thing about being a coach and seeing for all these however many years, 13, 14 years, the patterns have been phenomenal teachers to me. When we're operating in our ego mind, when we're operating in that the world is real, has power over me, we all behave a certain way when we are grounded in the truth that, you know, this world is a is a reflection of me it's a projection it's is there to inform me we operate in the same in the same realm of i am not your boss you it's this is between you and god there's no judgment there is acceptance there is discernment you know this may work for you but not for me and there is there's freedom everybody gets to be free well and that's a piece that surpasses understanding because the world will say, no, you're supposed to be angry. You're supposed to be resistant to this truth because it's different than yours. You're supposed to, to fight. Again, the example of Jesus, his apostles, why don't you pick up a sword? Why don't you fight back? He says, no, it's, it, and I think, of course, a miracle says, as you know this, it is in my defenselessness that I find my power. Yeah. And it, is, it doesn't make sense to the human mind. And there's going to be no shortage of people that want to pull you into fight, us versus them, me versus you. And the reality is that is the quickest road to suffering. It's a, it's a realistic <laughs> system. If I have to be right, or you have to be wrong because I'm right, I, I'm, I'm operating from the ego mind. And yeah. it's a piece that says I don't need to be angry. I can be peaceful no matter what pressure is pushing me towards fighting against. I see the face of God. I cannot mm -hmm. make exceptions to where I find the face of the God, even in the darkness. Because yeah. God is always present. Love is always present. I may have to work a lot harder to find it. And there may be a lot of, of distractions and energies pushing at me to behave differently. And the reality is my spiritual path is my spiritual path. And that is to look for the face of God, even in a pile of manure. Yeah, I'm everywhere. God is always there. Yeah, exactly. God is in, in all the right places, you know, because... It, if God is his consciousness and it is this energy, how, where could God not be? That's, that's the thing that is, is so amazing that people cannot understand that. I know I didn't, that what God is inside this glass of water. Yes, because this is made of the energy that's appearing as glass, as water. And, um, looking for God, even in the middle of the darkness, you know, the, again, the teachings of the course and my own, experiences my own revelations when I have my communication and I'm listening is that in the space of darkness I am the light that comes in I am because darkness does not have power there is not a source of power you know 
in classes, I say this all the time, I know I'm a broken record with this one, show me the dark switch. Where do you turn on the dark switch? The, the, the darkness is absence of light. And once that made sense in my mind and I realized, it, I, what is energy? Energy is light it, and it is love because it does not uh, see itself as other than anything else. And that's what ultimate love, unconditional love is. So in those dark places, I am the one who has to show up and be the light. So it became really evident, so evident that if I'm suffering anywhere, I've, I've turned off my light. I didn't turn on a dark switch. I turned off the light. So what is well, going to I, make... I can say, if, if you're not experiencing love, if you're not experiencing God, guess who moved? <laughs> you know, there's a joke about that. I won't go into the joke, but the reality is there needs to be a movement back. It's the yeah. prodigal son coming home. And yeah. you're only one thought, one feeling, one action away from being right back smack dab in the awareness of I'm home and I never left home. Here I was the whole time. Surely God was here. This is a, an Old Testament. I believe it was Jacob. Surely God was here and I didn't know it. Huh. <laughs> Bing, the light bulb goes off. I could have had a V8. I could have had an expression of love and I was fighting the current of the river taking me to the ocean. Oh, I'm so glad I have that awareness and the mind once having that awareness cannot go back. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that. That reminded me of, of um, the definition of enlightenment in A Course in Miracles is that enlightenment is not something you become, it's something you recognize is already there. So it is. It, it's, it's an acceptance more than anything, the acceptance of the goodness that is in here. And okay, so because we're talking about that, um, the acceptance that it's already there, we're the ones who moved out. Let's talk about how we see what's happening in the world, because for me, I'm seeing an opportunity of movement from the dysfunction of the egoic way of doing things and separation of others, uh, like you and I were, um, attempting to control other people, tell them what they should do. This, this is what's right for you. This is your, your, you know, you can do this, you can't do that, and you should do it this way and that way. That that old way of living in separation, not coming from a place of I recognize God in you as it is in me, that old controlling ways, humanity is outgrowing that model. And we are being moved, we're being given an opportunity, like a child grows up, like I have matured in my teachings, you have matured as a minister, humanity is maturing to a new way of being where more of us are leaving the old religious model of you know, authority outside of us to the spiritual model of authority is inside of you, but you're, we're not trying to tell anybody how that that's their authority. We're just being that in alignment with that. I see that the world is, is shifting to that model of coming back in here to authority is in me, but this, there's this tension, this cocooning, the, the caterpillars entering into this cocoon, but we don't know that we're going to be a butterfly yet because the caterpillar doesn't know that. It just knows that it's going into a dark place and it's yucky, it's dissolving and its world is falling apart. I see this as a wonderful opportunity, but you and I have had many years to do our work of seeing the world as reflecting who we are and coming to know God inside. But right now, people are being thrust into a, what I'm going to call a pretty, a quick, uh, uh, there, there was no preparation time. It's like, boom, all of a sudden, here we are. 
and we've moved from an, what seemed like a stable paradigm into a very unstable paradigm, how, how do you see, how could you, what are your suggestions for people to move through what's happening now by giving them hope? Because I see what's coming. I mean, I, I had that vision. Um, so I see what's coming and I know it's a place of peace, but not until we go through the discomfort. Well, the idea of the cocoon is really a, a, a beautiful one. We have been kind of forced into a cocoon-like time, uh, quarantined, being in our homes a lot more than, than we were, which gives us time to think. So I just ask people, what, what are the thoughts that are coming to your mind? What are the feelings that are coming up? Don't repress them. Let them be up. Let them be expressed. And, and do you like what's coming out or do you not like? Would you like to choose that again or would you like to choose something different? And so the, the choice is coming right to our forefront. And we, what a beautiful opportunity to be in a time of quiet and stillness so that that which is finding expression internally is coming up and don't fight it. You got to feel it to heal it. A very mm -hmm. trite little phrase, but the reality yeah. is go ahead and feel whatever is coming up in the, in the environment and, and then ask yourself questions. I always say that the quality of the experience will be determined by the quality of the questions rather than making statements of fact and truth. Ask yourself better questions. Is this what I would choose for myself? Is this a feeling that I would like to have? Is this feeling creating a better world tomorrow than it is today? And is it something I want to continue or is it something I want to change? You know, tension is, is a good thing. I've, I've made my peace with tension. Some of the greatest, most beautiful things in the world came from tension. Mountains, yeah. I'm a, I love my mountains. And mountains came out of a little bit of tension. Diamonds were, were forged in a fire. And so, again, going to Jesus, um, let my example be, I'll be known by my fruits rather mm -hmm. than my words. And so, yeah, I will give talks. I'll give messages and, and, and instruct people and let them instruct me. But at the end of the day, let people look at me. How am I living? I want what he's having. And I see people, I want what she's having. Linus seems to have peace. I want a piece of that, which opens up the corner of my mind that maybe the thoughts that I've been giving access to the laboratory of creation, which is my consciousness, there might be something different. And I think that really when you get down to it, I'll be known by my fruits, my actions, more than my words. And so mm -hmm. I can talk till I'm blue in the face trying to counsel people that there's something good coming. You're going to be a butterfly. It's going to be great. Um, live my butterfly nest in the midst of the cocoon and the darkness. And they'll say, I want a little piece of that. Great. Then they have approached the teacher as opposed to the teacher beating them overhead with a sermon. Totally. Totally. I absolutely agree with that. I, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this, this massive can't get away from it opportunity is is exactly what you're saying people get to question and the quality of the questions i love that you said that is so crucial because i i think in the beginning people the the original statements they were not so much uh really good questions they were like well when are we going to get back when are we going to open this up when are we going to get my job why why, why? yeah that yeah question. and and those kinds of questions are about looking to the outside again to change for me to be okay 
but those questions that are that are about how can I be okay with whatever is on the outside are so powerful. I mean, that that's where my dismantling came from. I came to know what God is by questioning why did I not rely? Why did I not trust that that was inside of me? Why is peace not already inside of me? You know, and Jesus said he was the way, the life, and the truth. What does that mean? What does that mean? If he has it, you know, why don't I have it? Why don't I? I want to be the way. Um, and it became a, a really a time of questioning everything that I believe that that's still do. That's what this journey for me, if I had to sum it up, it, it is that it's questioning what I believed until there is, you know, and I know this freaks people out, but until there's no more belief about what's going on outside, I get to be informed from the inside about what is so uh, going back to that being that little kid, you know, the little kid doesn't have an idea of what that is until they learn it from, you know, mommy, daddy, and everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's, th- these are, these are scary times entering into that cocoon and entering into that darkness, that not knowingness, which to me is the darkest of places, not knowing is, is, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, huh? Because the, the opportunity for the butterfly comes from that, but you got to give up being the caterpillar. You, you, well, know, you, you can't know, have both. Are, there's two parts of us, as there was two parts to Jesus. There was Jesus, the man, having a very human experience, who suffered, who got angry, who cried, take this cup away from me, who asked the questions, why? Why is this happening? And then there was the Christ essence of him the spiritual part that was really who he was, who all of us are. We have that same journey. We're going to ask the questions, why is this happening? Why does it have to be this way? And eventually in this garden of consciousness, we get to the place, there's something that wants to happen. And so the better question is, who am I called to be in the midst of this? Am I called to be Richard, the personality, or am I called to be Richard, the Christ? Following our great example in this garden, which is painful and difficult and scary at times, I drop down into a higher part of who I am, truly the Christ of my being, and knowing that not my will, not my will that Richard changing all the effects of the world and all the conditions of the world, but to knowing that there is a divine pattern underneath that is unfolding beautifully. And when I cooperate with it, and I use the example of water, water knows to go to the ocean. The people who drown are the ones that fight the current and fight <laughs> the buoyancy of the water. Well, the, the Christ essence, God, life itself is a buoyant energy and it's yeah. lifting us to a higher awareness. And we fight it. We're going to be looking for air at the bottom of that river. We don't fight it. We let it do what it, it needs to do. We're going to be in an ocean that is even more tremendous, a butterflyness, if you will, that will be so much more than we can uh, ever imagine and so it comes down to a piece that passes understanding you're in the river it's turbulent there's waves there's white water why are you not fighting it because i i feel the ocean already inside Mm -hmm. i already know the ocean inside from the christ of my being not my personality yeah that that that's beautiful and so you're a poet and you didn't know it huh (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know. I still don't know it. <laughs> I'm a guy trying to make his way home. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was just so beautiful. Um, but that, like you were talking about earlier, that peace that passes all understanding is something that we have to let ourselves experience. And I never could experience that while I was in my rational human egoic mind, 
trying to figure things out. It is a surrendering. It is an allowing. It, it goes back to, I realized that it is a loving God. We have a loving creator that has given us permission. It's giving us the, I like to think of energy like as Play-Doh. It's giving us all this Play-Doh to play with. And we have created all these characters with the Play-Doh. We, you know, We've created doctors and attorneys and moms and dads and, and swings and leaves and birds and dogs. We've, we've created everything out of Play-Doh. So if you don't like how it's showing up, change it. Change, change. I take the clay, I squish it up, and I make something new because it's all totally. And it's not good. It's not bad. It's just what I've created today. I like to use the word uh, fire. It's just energy. That's all. Is it good or is it bad? Depending on if you're awake or asleep, it's good or bad. It's neither. It's just potentiality. And yeah. God and life and love is just pure potentiality. And the thing that's grace to me is I may have misused fire or I may have created something with the Play-Doh I didn't like yesterday. I swear one, I can create something new. Suddenly the fire that burned me yesterday becomes warmth, becomes light, becomes goodness. Yeah, that's, that's grace to me. Oh, totally. I, I so subscribe to that, that perspective of grace. And it is so much more fun. It really is so much more fun. And, and this is where the, the life would be fun and easy really makes so much sense. It is so much more fun and easier too to see everybody, every single little thing as as my creation. Can I love that? Can I embrace that? And if I don't like that, then clearly, and, and this, this is again, one of those, those teachings that takes a while to really understand and embody and, and let alone the time that it takes to accept the possibility of it. But if this world that I see is not the world that I'm enjoying right now, then I must have been seeing that world and making it real by my agreement that that is so and it can't change. And one of the things that allows me to, you know, to experience God and everything I see is part of my practice on a regular basis, because I do this all the time, whenever, whenever I, I um, feel like it, because it feels so freaking good, um, is that I imagine the world that I want to be experiencing when I reincarnate. So I imagine a world of collaboration, cooperation. I want that, I'm molding my Play-Doh because in the world of physicality of things take time to show up. So I know that this new earth that we uh, are moving toward, we, we have to create it. It doesn't create itself and we're all just gonna plop over to this new earth. It's our consciousness that is creating this new earth, this maturing process from you know, controlling one another to cooperating with one another is, is getting created because I'm seeing lots of cooperations. I'm having them. You and I are having it here where we, our desire for that is, is creating what we're stepping into through our willingness to see each other as God, as source, as spirit. To me, Jesus and God became one long, long time ago. You know, Jesus was the physical expression of what God is. And when I realize that I'm God physically expressed, that's my Christed consciousness. Um, so every person to me is Jesus expressed, which means it's God. God is the, the essence that they are expressing themselves. 
as Billy, Bob, Susie, you know, whatever. But um, so I use that practice of respecting the power of my mind to create what I want to see, even if it takes a little while for the outside to match that, my insides are so at peace with the fact that that is who I am wanting to become and work at being the new world, earth, the new world I want to see. How, how are you contributing to the manifestation of, of um, the peaceful world that you want to experience? It's, it's important to recognize, again, I'm going to go back to the idea of it's a destination. It's a state of being. It, yeah, it, right. Heaven is not, a new earth is not just something, oh, now we have a new experience. Yeah. We are growing into it. And, and we mentioned reincarnation. I am reincarnated daily. <laughs> yeah. Jesus talked about being born again. I, yeah. I'm not going to be born again when I die and enter a new field or come back here or go up on the spiral. I'm having a new thought, a new idea, a new way of relating. However small I may judge it to be, I'm a different person in this minute than I was last minute, mm -hmm. just by right of being willing to, to go with the flow. Um, and it's important to recognize that we can be born again every second. And we fall down and we get back up and we're born again. We're reincarnated, a new version of who we are meant to be. Just same journey that Jesus had, that Buddha had, that all the great masters have had. We follow in their footsteps and follow your example. Lina is born again. She's not the Lina she was 10 years ago. She's not the Lina that she that you were 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And how exciting it is to see that and to gather evidence. I'm an evidence gatherer. Where is life working? Where is uh, are the thoughts that I held yesterday manifesting in this plane? See, everything in this world is created twice. It has to be created first in consciousness mm -hmm. before it ever shows up here. Yeah. And we're so concerned about the effects. I have to have a change out here right now. The reality is it, it will only change out here in direct proportion to how I have changed in this moment. So in that yeah. moment of rebirth, the next minute will be different, more holy, more sacred, more beautiful. And I'll have the eyes of Christ more than the eyes of Jesus, the eyes of Christ and more than the eyes of Richard. Yeah, 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 totally. But that power to be creative and, and create the world twice, once in here, is is just such a fun part about being childlike. And it's just it's that imagination. Mystery. Totally, totally. But it's it's a mystery. You know, it goes back to those paradoxes. It's a mystery what it's going to be like, but yet our consciousness is what gives shape to it. So what are we holding in consciousness for me? Because the reason I'm excited is because the desire that I'm hearing from so many people is a world of where there are more people awake, more people aware of the power inside, less people depending evidence. on the, totally. You're, you're finding the evidence and it's like, all over the place. deeply enough, wow, people yeah. are shifting. Humanity yeah. is changing. Yes, and in that shift, in that desire for something that is that is more uplifting and collaborative, and and I mean, looking at all the systems that are breaking down, reminds me of all the systems that were breaking down in my own life. You know, when when I see the government uh, breaking down, it, it was like my egoic mind, my the ruler of my life was breaking down. When I see the the you know relationships in terms of the you know. People are, are losing um, wonderful, deep relationships because they're taking different sides. Well, I saw my relationship with my husband yeah. fall apart and I'm watching the, the craziness of the medical world. 
I went through my own little crazy medical stuff because I had to realize, oh my goodness, if I'm a powerful creator, I am the creator of what happens in this vessel and taking full responsibility for that had me begin to think about my body vessel as this, this it, it's got life in it. It's got, it's got creation in it. The healing never comes from the outside. It always comes from the inside. And whatever I'm going to be taking had to become secondary. So I took the power away in my awakening from the outside, make healing me because if I'm relying on anything external to heal me, I'm not relying on the voice inside of me, that, that voice that's guiding me to what is the right thing that I should go to. Who should I go to? And it's, it's shifted me. I mean, I'm the holistic aspect, the going to natural things. So I experienced major breakdowns of the structures that I considered um, the right ones outside to what, what is, what am I being guided from the inside to move toward? And that has been very empowering. So for me, I don't see, I don't see external authority anymore. I, I feel this authority, this, this guidance inside of me um, that isn't going out judging and bashing, but there's a certainty that all that is out there is there in service. Take and pick and whatever feels good, mm -hmm. um, but not because it has authority over me. And well, that's where my peace comes from because I'm not wigging out about what's breaking down. I'm actually excited. <laughs> when I see breakdown out here, the, the value of what's out here is evidence. Yeah. Oh, great. You know, Alan Cohen said it's not the insult that uh, offends us. It's the part of us that agrees with the insult. When we can take all of the effects and all of the evidence of what's happening in the world and go, what within me needs to be healed? What within me needs to be addressed and is calling for greater expression? We become part of a solution, but the solution has to start here. Let me clean the house. Let me clean the cobwebs in my own mind and consciousness and belief system. And there, therefore, I am a part of, however slow the process might be, one more person that's awake a little bit more as a result. The world, there are a lot of people, and I have been one of them, and sometimes need to be reborn again because I'm one of them. I'm, I'm focused so much on what's out here, which is just an effect of a greater cause. When I can return to the place and the truth that I am the cause of the reality that I am experiencing, uh, maybe a little bit cleaner water is dropped into the muddy, the muddy glass of coffee. You, you held water. This looks muddy. It's coffee. But if I keep putting clear information into there, information into here, I'm yeah. a part of a great change. And the evidence that I see, and I know you're finding as well, more and more people are, are taking responsibility rather than blaming and pointing fingers or saying this is wrong or this is bad. I, I use the example, a whale has washed up on our beach. And there are a lot of people asking the question, why? Why is this here? And they're poking at that whale. And, and, and it's, nothing's happening except the whale is dying. And there are more people on the planet saying, what can we do? Who can we be to get this whale back into the ocean? And yeah. there, I find great evidence that more and more people are shifting the question, shifting the focus to the causal reality. And on the other side of this, and I like to use water, obviously, we're, we're going to be back in the ocean together. Yeah. And eventually, there'll be a critical mass of people. Enough of us get this. It's going to be just like this great aha moment. The epiphany that you mentioned earlier will happen at a collective level. Yeah. And I, that's what gives me hope, that it may feel insignificant. I'm not making a difference by cleaning my own house. But boy, here we're having a conversation. where two or more are gathered in this conversation, in this possibility, something magical is happening. 
everybody who's yeah. watching this dialogue is going to a seed is planted. They're joining this great movement, and that gives me hope. It gives me great joy, and it, and it uh, gives me visions of what is going to be on the other side and what looks like a mess. It's yeah. just chaos. It's life becoming what it can be in the midst of chaos. Absolutely, and and th this collective awakening is is a recognition of of the sovereignty, the power, because we have God inside. And coming back in to recognizing we're that powerful, we we are being we are having to face the fears of not relying on powers outside of us to take care of us. So that is something everybody has to face. I mean, I had to face, oh, I don't have my husband taking care of me. I don't have his, you know, the money taking care of me. I don't have the the status taking care of me. And all of those things, all of them as they crumbled, is what had me come back to God. I didn't come to God when I had money in the checking account. I didn't come to God when I had, you know, my marriage was good. I didn't come to God when my career was successful. I only came to God when things were falling apart. And that's when I began to become uh, workable. God was able to work with me and begin to, to let me know that I was supposed to bring abundance to the planet, my abundance of joy. I was supposed to bring, you know, great relationships to the planet, my relationship with God. I was supposed to bring authority to the planet, which is I go to God. I and the Father are one. Let, let me go talk to God and see what God wants me to say and do because it's always for the greater good of all. And that was such a beautiful, you know, many, many years of accepting that I don't have any authority outside of me. And, um, you know, that, but that's what the world is, is having to face is this this idea of authority outside breaking down. And that's where the responsibility comes in is let me find my peace inside and then come out and be in service to, to the greater good of all. A major massive opportunity for, for humbling, for breaking down and doing the work and humbling. And it's not quick, but it's, it's coming. I see that. Breaking down is a breaking open. And that's the yeah. shift, that's a switch that's been flipped in my head is when things are breaking down, I, I'm breaking open to a newer and greater reality. So I used to curse those moments of when I was brought to my knees. They're terrible. Those were awful moments. No, those were the greatest moments of breaking out of the shell, breaking out of the cocoon and becoming more of who I am meant to be. And thus, by being more of who I am meant to be, I create a field where people can be more of who they are are because i'm no not the exception jesus wasn't the exception blind is not the exception totally it's just it's just uh the great example of what can be and it's it's an exciting time i i look at you know what i could humanly judge as a difficult time as a yeah. chaotic time yeah, yeah. i'm seeing it as a beautiful time and i'm calling it and you can call me naive pollyanna if you want but i have the evidence in my life that every time there was a breakdown like it feels like now there was an amazing break open Totally. So potential right now is ripe. The field is white with harvest, as it says in scripture. And so of the eyes, the ears, the heart, and the soul to go forward, there's going to be an amazing harvest at the end of this. That's exactly how I feel about it. So, so let's wrap up our conversation since we're coming here to an hour. And I would love for both of us to share what does it mean to us? And, and we'll start with you. What does it mean looking for God in all the right places to you? Oh, in 30 seconds or less. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, you take a minute or two it, or three. Uh, you know, it, 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 it really means putting into play and into practice moment to moment, daily, my basic belief system that there is no place where the presence of God does not exist. Mm -hmm. There is no place where the presence of love is, is not right smack dab in the middle. And so there really isn't a wrong place you can look for God. There is not a wrong place to look for love because it's there. The, the, the consciousness that clears away anything. You know, Mick, Michelangelo said our job is, or it was Meister Eckhart, it's not a, enlightenment and growth is not a process of addition. There's nothing to add. It's a process of subtraction. And so it is a great game and a puzzle. As I pull away that which doesn't belong, I realized that surely love was there the whole time and I was blind to it. And so it's, it's reminding myself daily, moment to moment, oh, I think I've forgotten. That felt like a breakdown. No, there's a break open because now I found God where nobody else could see it. I found God where I couldn't see it 30 seconds ago. And so looking for God in all the right places is just having the awareness that God is always present. Mm -hmm. Can I just say ditto? <laughs> oh, yes. I've that said is. ditto to you many times, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is. It, it's such a much, much more joyful experience to look for God in everything, to recognize that if God is the substance that everything is made of and everything is made of this substance, then God is all that is. And I don't think that there is any being, anything in the whole universe that is more playful than God because this infinite intelligence that created all of this diversity it, it has to be playful. I mean, have you ever looked at a little ladybug? It, it, mm -hmm. That is just like the cutest, funnest little thing. Um, so just looking for God in all the right places is going back to being like a little kid and, and in the middle of looking at the politician or looking at, because I do that, you know, I look at the president or I look at the authority figure, the doctor, and I'm like, oh my God, there's God in there wow, God is in there. And just to, to, to remember that God is in everything is just truly one of the most liberating things because then, then when they're not acting loving like God would or playful like God would, the essence of God, it's a quick, you know, forgive them. They know not what they're doing because just like me, I spent the bulk of my life not knowing what I was, I spent the bulk of my life not realizing that I am the presence of the loving creative source of all that is. And so, yeah, looking for God in all the right, right places keeps me as humble as possible. And when I make my mistakes that I do, I just forgive myself for forgetting. It's just such a simple little thing, but Oh, Richard, I'm so glad we had this conversation. Oh, I'm, I miss seeing you in person. I miss giving you the hug. So as soon as unity opens up, um, I'm sure there's going to be a long line of people wanting to hold each other and be in the presence mm -hmm. of such sweet, loving, amazing beings that, that form that beautiful community that you, that you so graciously lead. So thank you for this and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank and um, 
I appreciate that. The Hindus talk about Leela, God's playground. Thanks for being a part of the playground and playing today on the jungle gym of, of consciousness. Uh, it's been a real blessing. Well, namaste, my friend. Namaste. Bye-bye.